and welcome back to another episode of Under Review. This is Under Review number 18, and we have a ginormous packed episode. Action from last weekend, news throughout the week, some NBA talk, and of course, the NFL Super Wildcard Weekend is coming up tomorrow and Sunday. Six games, the most we've ever had in NFL history on a wildcard weekend. But first, let's introduce our guest, Clay Thomas. Clay Thomas is Ithaca College class of 2022. Clay, how are you? Could be better. Could be worse. In the state that we're in, it sucks. But the Sixers are good until last night. And, you know, I got the Flyers coming up in a couple days. So we're chilling. Well, if you hear that, you understand that Clay might just be a Philadelphia fan and we might have talk about the Giants and the Eagles. So this is already intriguing. Stay tuned. Jeremy, how are you? you know, I'm doing all right as well. Obviously, yep, state sucks. But listen, uh, I got my Devils coming up too. And I, I'm telling you, they're going to be pretty bad. So I, I don't think I should necessarily be looking forward to the hold Devils. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're New York through and through, and then you pick. The, yeah, the I know. Devils? I don't think I've ever talked about it on this podcast. Like I'm from, <laughs> I'm from New York. I'm from New York. Like New Jersey, I have no part of New Jersey related to me. And I, when I was younger, I just the the first hockey team I ever knew was the New Jersey Devils, and I just picked them. I, so I, I, I do. What I, what, I if, if I were to change things up, I'd be an Islanders fan because my father's an Islanders fan. But I'm not gonna just. Switch teams. I'm going to stick with it. Loyal man. Loyal man. I, I, I like that. I like that a lot better than a lot of people who like to go and jump around. Yeah, no, I'll be the Devils. I'll be the Devils for my whole life, for sure. Mm-hmm. I respect that. And the Knicks are good, too. So I'm happy about the Knicks. Speaking yeah. of the Knicks, we'll definitely get into that. But let's get into Eagles-Giants. Yeah. What happened? They might not. They may not have played each other this past Sunday. But there was definitely a lot of beef circulating on the internet, on and off the field. Quick little summary, if you didn't understand what happened last weekend. The Giants and Cowboys played winner. If the football team were to take down the Eagles, would have went would have won the division. And the Giants and Cowboys really fought it out on the field. Played oh, a, was a really tough and intense game. And expecting that, they had a really good chance to walk away down that Sunday with the division. The Giants ended up winning the game. And then it went to Sunday night. The Washington football team took on the Eagles. And if the football team won, they would have advanced. If not... The Giants would have advanced due to their win earlier that day. It seemed as if the Eagles played for three quarters in the fourth quarter. Doug Peterson said, nah, I kind of want to move up three picks and piss off the NFL world. And he did just that. He took out Jalen Hurts in a three-point game just before deciding to go for a fourth down instead of tying the game with a field goal in the fourth quarter. That, that was and then. Oh God! That was that was the that was when it got bad, and then Jalen Hurts. You see him lipping on the lip. You could like a uh, lip read him on the bench, and he was saying, "This isn't right, man." And Nate Sudfeld, the guy who hasn't played since 2018, goes under center, and he was atrocious. Even Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth was like, "What is going on right now?" And so, what do we do when we get that situation? We bring on an Eagles fan, and we bring on Clay Thomas. Clay, when this was happening. From a football standpoint, where do you stand on what the Doug Peterson did in the fourth quarter of the, that Sunday night game? So, from a football purely standpoint, mm-hmm. trying to take out every inch of bias I might have. And speaking of which, I started recording my own uh, Broad and Patterson podcast. We are starting that now. Uh, late, late start, late start. Um, you know, my, my audition was being a little wonky there. It wouldn't let me hit the record button. <laughs> so I don't know why the record button wasn't red. It was just like there. All right. But so back to the point. So early in the week, there's reports out about like the press conferences. And, you know, Doug's out here saying, I'm going to give him some reps. I want to get him some reps because to the Eagles, this game is not very important. Like from a realistic standpoint, this game it is for other teams. important. It is just People can make the point of saying, okay, but you can you can eliminate a division rival on your own turf. The Steelers could have done the same thing, but they didn't in Cleveland. So at this point, Jalen Hurts is 7 of 20 for 72 yards, I think. I have that memorized now because I've had this argument with so many people. Two rushing touchdowns. Two yeah. rushing touchdowns, but did throw a pick and had a rating of 25. Yeah. So from this point, and you already go for it, which I wanted to kick. 
I, I was like, I'm not even surprised because this man has gone for it in so many different and strange situations that I, I'm Peterson just kind of like, oh, okay, this is just going to be another failed attempt. Or he will succeed and look like a genius, which is what is his his MO has been all year. So And they almost converted it at, at Jalen. Yeah, it was just yeah, a better throw. throw. A better throw. Than yeah, me. he was throwing against his body. He didn't, get it, he didn't get his shoulders turned quite in time. In a couple years, Jalen Hurts makes that throw. I think next year he makes that throw. If he's the starter, I have no clue what's going to happen. He should be. I have no clue what's going to happen. He, he probably should be, but I have no clue what's going to happen. Maybe and NFL will be. So at that point, you know he wanted him to get him some reps. And then you see Kelsey comes out and says what he says. Saying, he said, wait, are you putting Suddy in? He said, yeah. Is everybody else staying in? Yeah. Okay, let's go to work. And then he went all, he took all the linemen over, got the cadence down, got the snap down. And Kelsey even admitted to himself as a 10-year all-pro NFL vet, could do a better job of getting the ball up on his snaps. That was a terrible snap on that fumble. And that's not even Nate Sutfield's fault. It hit him in the shin. <laughs> so in the end, in my personal opinion, I would have liked to see Hurts stay in. I really would have. And if we would lose, we lose. If we lost, if we won, we won. Would have been cool to see him come back and make a, win the game. But at the same time, he set out what he did he wanted to do, get this guy some reps because he hasn't had any real reps since 2018 against Washington. Ironic. And then the year before, he played against the Cowboys and threw 19 of 24 or 23 or something like that for like 134 yards. Again, I have these stats like, basically memorized because i've had this conversation about five times <laughs> um so realistically in my opinion if they in fact tanked they did it I they mean, did it, it there's no denying they did it yeah, happens all the time but if they really truly wanted to get sudfeld reps they did that too and it just didn't work because like you can't look at Nate Sudfeld and say, "Oh, he was doing everything on purpose." Like, I just think there was a, there's a time and a place, and I understand was, he's only done he's only done by three, and it makes sense to not take him out. But at the same time, he just wanted him to get him some reps. And to be fair, the four or three it was punt, 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 and then that go forward on fourth downs drives. Those were the four drives leading up to him getting taken out. So that's my stance on it. I will. I I'm okay with either way of why they did it. Well, here's what I gotta say. If you, if, you know, I think this is stupid because Sudfeld. There's no reason why he would be in your future plans, anyways. So, but if in reality, if you wanted to give him a look, it's fine. But after three brutal possessions, does that not tell you enough? Yeah, it's like they kept on getting the ball back. <laughs> And it was just wasted, like, turnovers. Brutal. It's not like he had any – there was nothing good he did at all. And also, oh, you know – He had that one first down run on the third down. With with 12 <laughs> seconds left in the game? Was that, was that 12 seconds left or was that there like was a, a, That was the very end of the game where, where Al Michaels literally said, if the oh. Eagles win this game, I'm going to bring back a line I've, I haven't used in 40-some-odd years, which is – do you believe in miracles? Yes, if you don't – like he was just gonna yeah. bring that back if the Eagles won. It was so blatant line, that Sudfeld had no place in that game. Line in sports history, this guy would have brought back if the Eagles pulled off that win. <laughs> that's what that's where Al Michaels was was almost going. With yeah. That. But in my opinion, I just think there's there was a time and place to play and that's uh, Nate Sudfeld. And that when you're down three in the fourth quarter in a game where your division rival can clinch the division on your home turf. That's not the time and the place. And I think that Doug Peterson understands that. And I think he understood what he did, what he did. And someone asked me, what have, what, what would you do if this happened on like one o'clock? I would have been like, it still would have got the attention. It's the fact that he did it on a national stage. The fact that he did it on the national stage, it makes him look so bad. I think Doug Peterson is in a bad spot for him personally around the NFL. There's a lot of people around the NFL who are very upset. And it's not only Giants. They it should be. It's people that understand the sport that are just upset with what Doug Peterson did. The circumstances of this season, how you finally got 17 weeks. You didn't expect it with this proto. You played a game on every single day of the week for the first time in 50 years in the NFL, literally since the Super Bowl era started, we played on a Monday through Sunday. Everyone has been on a game on every single day. And what the, what each player had to go through throughout this entire season to get it done was beyond no hanging out with family, no hanging out with this, missing your kid's party. And the fact that we weren't able to compete for 60 minutes in the final game of the season, I just find disappointing. And it's not only because I'm a Giants fan. I think that 
no matter what would have happened. It was just a disappointing end. The whole night was kind of just deflated toward the end when the, even the broadcasters, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, were just upset with what was happening. It was disappointing because of all the protocols you go through. And from a Giants fan, it just makes me even more upset. Well, but before, before explain, we explain, explain how that relates to the Jags and the Jets. Now, you can't just sugarcoat and say. Well, that's just also oh, teams yeah. that ended up starting 0-9 and 0-10 and and to a point. Okay, like, but they still – okay. You go through – Jaguars won their first game and then lost the next 15. Oh, yeah, they, they lost 15 in a row. Yeah, but they still went out and tanked. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts, and everybody always laughed at everything that they did. I think they were just incompetent football teams. You're going to bring up – here, you're going to bring up all those things about what we're going through this year, trying to make these games work. And you, you run a cover zero blitz. That was a tank. That was a tank. That was a tank. That was a tank. Nobody, nobody got this pissed. Nobody got this pissed. No, everybody laughed. Everybody was laughing. Yeah, because also didn't have the playoff implications. Both. Yeah, that's true. And it's like the last. The same thing. They they started Mason Rudolph. It's a yeah, but that's that's also because they're already in the playoffs. The Eagles. We're playing for for three three spots in the draft. That doesn't make that much sense. I just want, I just want to make one thing clear. I'm I'm gonna go out and say the Giants technically they really didn't deserve to make the playoffs. They only had six Ooh. wins. Well, of that's course, but that's not the that's discussion. that's why I wasn't upset as I thought I would be because in reality the I'm 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 truly happy with where the Giants are as a franchise and I think they are getting better, but. I, I just per- wanted to see Daniel Jones in a playoff game. But at the end of the day, did they deserve to make it? No. So can I live with it? Yes. I was just upset with the way the Eagles went about it. But you can technically interpret it any way you want to. There's been also a lot of other times where this has happened and nobody batted an eye that much again. You're right. Because on the big it, stage. It, 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 and there's worse situations where guys get yanked before they even get their incentive. If it wasn't on prime time, it would not be as big of a deal. I think it still would have been. I think it still would have been, but the fact that it was on prime time just made it three times worse. It wouldn't have been as big of a deal. Everybody, I'm with Clay on that one, actually, yeah. Everybody would have been distracted by everything else because everybody's eyes would have been on Dallas and the – uh, and the Giants, and then that game was it crazy because okay. I went through the the motions in that game. I was that when Goldman fumbled after that run, I'm like, oh good. the my. Giants had to really touch my heart, take it, twist it, grab it, and then put it back into place. The Giants do that better than anyone. Almost like, let's be like, let, let's be honest here. If the Cowboys won that game, nobody would also be as pissed. Because everybody hates the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys players would be just like the Giants players on Twitter, though. No, yes, I said that the players would have been. He's saying that not many people like. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, because everybody hates the Cowboys. I think a lot of people would have laughed and been like, "Wow, like, haha, the American." I would have loved it. I would have loved it if it was the Cowboys. I'll be honest. Oh yeah, I know. That's that's because that's also that's when the fan standpoint comes into play because that's when we're like, "Oh, it was was our team that's going to hurt our heart," and that's where you have to understand. Also, you have the Jason Kelsey presser from. December, where he said it's a disgrace if you don't go out and do your best to win the game. But do you, but yes, but, but do you think Sudfeld, Sudfeld was your best chance of winning the game? I know, and that's why there's a problem. That's why yeah. there's a problem. Yeah, that's that's the big problem for me. Hurt should have stayed in the game because at the end of the day, he so gives you the best chance to win. Rival game if, if they put Wentz, I know Wentz was inactive, but if they put Wentz in, then then fine, I understand that. Yeah, but Jalen Hurts should have finished the game. It wasn't the Hurts or Hurts. Did you say Hertz was taken out or did you say Ertz? Hertz. Hertz. Oh, I was sorry. I was confused. Hertz and Ertz. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought you were talking about how you like how taking Ertz out. Zach Ertz, I, I know you're going to miss him in Philly, but he really regressed. Yeah. Yeah. He yes. did. This year he battled through one injury, was out three weeks, can't get off. Goddard's, Goddard's a good tight end to have, I think, and you got to move on from Ertz. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Ertz won't be coming back anyway, I don't think. No. Well, it's a he, said he has a year left. They have to trade him. Oh, okay. All right. So. Let's move on. Let's talk about some NBA basketball. We obviously have a 76ers fan here on the show, and they took a pretty bad loss against a KD Kyrie Liss Brooklyn Nets. And then on the other hand, the New York Knicks have been one of the hotter teams in basketball and a lot. They've been a lot of fun to watch as well, which is so much fun. Jeremy holding up his RJ Barrett. And he's been disappointed. He's not even, he's he's not even disappointed. He's not even playing well. He's not even the most surprising player. How about Austin Rivers? Let's Austin talk about Rivers. Him right now. We Austin worship him for 14 consecutive points in the fourth quarter to give the Knicks the lead late, and they would end up closing out and taking down the Utah Jazz. The Knicks find themselves at five and three. They compete tonight against in a very winnable game against the OKC Thunder. They're favored. Knicks 
I mean, excuse me, Jeremy, why don't you take over the Knicks talk first? I mean, this is this is everything I ever wanted. Going into the, the season, I was never this high on the Knicks. I, I thought I wanted to trade Randall, but now Randall's playing like an all-star. Mm-hmm. Having he's he, he gets close to a triple-double every day. He's averaging a double-double. Mitchell Robinson against the Jazz played 41 minutes, his most minutes of his career. And then they were down 18 in this game. They came all the way back. They're, Alfred Payton is providing them more scoring than we could have ever imagined. 22 points last game, 10 for 15 from the field and a plus 25. The only concern I had is the injuries. Reggie, Reggie Bullock's been playing hurt. Alec Burks is out. Neurons Noel is out. Obviously, Obi Toppin is out. I wish Obi Toppin could be playing. And the Knicks were throwing out rotations of eight guys last night, the last couple of games. And Emmanuel quickly only played five minutes. Knox only 15. So the Knicks did have to sign Taj Gibson, which they just did. And he'll, he'll back up Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle until Neurons Noel does come back. But yeah, as long as they're playing like this, I'm fine. RJ's got to work on his shot, and the three point is three pointer's been very inconsistent. But Austin Rivers is the leader that no one expected to have. A veteran guy, 28 years old, never really a star in the league or an above average player, but he's having the best year of his career so far, and I'm very happy with where the Knicks are, and they're on their way to my goal going into the season of getting into that playing game. I think what the Knicks are doing right now is so special because it's such a young group of guys and they're kind of led by a guy like Austin Rivers and who expected Austin Rivers to be able to guy no come in New York and kind of rile these guys up. And it's so cool watching guys like Reggie Bullock run down the run down and chase balls into the other side of the court. You know, there's hustle, a lot of hustle on this team. These guys want to win. And what I really like this season is the progression from Mitchell Robinson, not really getting himself into too much of foul trouble. He's yeah. Only getting, two fouls last game in 41 like, minutes. He's playing so he can be effective in the fourth quarter because that's something Mitchell Robinson has never really been able to do due to his foul trouble. Also, Austin Rivers is an absolute leader on this team. Julius Randle, people wanted him to on the Knicks wanted him to get traded, but he's been playing so good that his trade value is just increasing, which is excuse me is making this so much. I'll, if he gets traded now, I'll be pissed. Yeah, exactly. If you trade him now, it's like why <laughs> this dude's an MVP frontrunner. Literally, or, no, the Knicks. What, what what the Knicks organization need is a playoff appearance because they haven't had one in so long. If you trade Randall, you're losing that chance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly. The we Knicks, might see we might see every Eastern Conference, every Atlantic Division team make the playoffs as long as the Raptors get it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Raptors are struggling right now, but they have a pretty they have a they have a decent matchup today. I think they might be able to pull it off. I forget what they were looking at, but. Staying on the Knicks, it's just all been clicking. Yes, R.J. Barrett needs to work on his shooting because he's either one of the best shooters in the league or one of the worst shooters in the league. No, he's never been a great shooter. <laughs> I'm sorry. He shoots when he, when he plays in Indiana, he is. Yeah, fair. I mean, that's something else. But Clay, what are your thoughts on the Knicks 5-3 and three start? Well, I'm very, very, very surprised. I will say R.J. Barrett's been pretty – like he hasn't been this hot like all year. I remember when he played against us, he was like, what, one of 11? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, I know he. That I was his worst game. Yeah, I think it's. I, I feel like since that game, the Knicks have just kind of like skyrocketed. Yeah, they, they beat the the day the day after the Sixers game. They beat the Bucks by twenty. Yeah, so I. It's kind of an anomaly. It's just it's all surprising because I just never expected it after those first few games. Like everybody's like, "Oh, the Knicks are doing good. Oh, we lose at half. Oh, the Knicks are doing good. We lose at half." And then all of a sudden, "Oh, the Knicks are doing good. Holy crap, we won the game." And then it just kind of kept going on yeah. and on. And you know, you don't even like you said, you don't even have Toppin. Um, I don't. Didn't Randall like not play one of the games you guys won too? No, no, he played. Uh, he's played every game. Yeah, he's okay. played. He's actually. I, thought, I just remember I heard him say. Hard to leave the league in minutes. Okay. I mean, I it's I crazy. It's great. You know, also, the, the, the Knicks lost the game against Philly. They lost the opener against Indiana, and they lost the game against Toronto. Those are the three losses they have. It's ironic that Toronto's only wins against the Knicks. But in all three of those L's, the Knicks have been very close at half. They've had – like, you remember the Sixers game. It was competitive. They were, they were leading by, like, five or four. Yeah, yeah, at one point, yeah. So it was, it's just that the third quarter they weren't able to come out strong, and these teams who are good just took advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And the big thing to me is Tom Thibodeau was so controversial when he was hired, but I liked it because my whole thing was the Knicks keep hiring coaches that are young and don't necessarily know how to make a young team win. Tom Thibodeau's a top 10 winningest coach of all time and knows how to win. Mm-hmm. That's how you teach young players to play well, having coaches who've been there before and have developed guys successfully in the past. No more experimental coaches. Got to hire somebody who's done it. Tom Thibodeau's wanted the Knicks job for a long time, and he's finally got it, and I think he's going to be the head coach for the rest of his coaching career. 
I think that, that actually pinned it right on it, Jeremy, because there's such a culture in all kinds of sports, bringing in the younger generation, like the younger guys who are even having <laughs> a closer relationship. Even on the other side of New York, Steve Nash was brought in as the head coach of the, the Nets. It's like the younger group that you think is going to work out. And for a team like the Nets, maybe that'll work. For the Knicks, it won't because they're a team that doesn't know how to win yet. And that's exactly what you said. You really pinned it on it. Tom Thibodeau really has been showing that he's the guy for the Knicks and really can lead this young group to maybe take that next step up of being an average team and maybe take it to be a team that can compete on an everyday basis. So let's move over. We'll go to the 76ers. The 76ers have a re- had a really hot start until last night when they took a pretty bad loss to the uh, Nets team who didn't even feature Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant last night. Kevin Durant is facing a little bit of COVID protocol. So he's out until next week. Kyrie Irving. Or the Nets going to play tonight? Personal. Sorry? Do you think the Nets play today? If they, they all test negative, yeah, they probably will. If they don't, then if they have like one or two positives, they'll probably just one out of precaution, I bet. Yeah, they have a matchup today. So they're playing today? Yeah, they're supposed to play the Grizzlies, the Nets. And the Sixers don't play today. We're supposed to play tomorrow. The Sixers played against the Nuggets. They're supposed to play them tomorrow. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so let's talk about perfect. This. The Sixers could tire out the Nuggets for the Knicks on Sunday. Nice. <laughs> yeah, what my, are your thoughts my... on Sixers in regards to the East as a whole? All right. So, the Sixers, for one, I don't think we have the best record anymore now. I think they do. Have... They do. They do in the East. In the East, the... they do. Seven and two. Yeah, seven and two. Everybody, two of the, the Magic and the Pacers are six and two. Mag- Magic Pacers six and two, and then in the West, the Suns are six and two. So the, the Sixers, they've played one more game, but they do have the yeah. best record right now. Okay, so at first against the Wizards, it wasn't pretty, but we got the they got the job done and they closed it out. And then against the Knicks, I don't know if that was the second that was the second game or the th- that was the second game. Second game, yeah, it was. So yeah, how do you know more about my team than? Because I saw the Knicks played them in the second game of the season, so I just assume so. Yeah, it was a second game. But then we kind of closed that out on one by 20. And then, of course, we did the usual thing where we played down to a team's level and get blown out by the Cavs. And I was just like, all right, here we go again. New coach, same old, same old. Tobias Harris wasn't playing well. All of a sudden, the two shooters we went out and got aren't shooting well. Ben Simmons is doing the same old, same old. And then we go and play the Raptors. And it's close throughout. And then we just blow them out through the fourth quarter to handle them there. And then the Magic, we go to Orlando. And we have, I don't remember the last time we even won in Orlando to begin with. And we, and we go there and just absolutely blow them out. Like, there was, it wasn't close at all. And we, it was on New Year's Eve. And for some reason, of course, on New Year's Eve, Ben Simmons and Dwight Howard both hit threes in the same game, That's which ridiculous. is so if you would have ever bet that in your life, I don't know what you would have been thinking, but it worked out. If you ever have, I doubt, I don't think anybody would have ever done that. And then we play Charlotte back to back, blow them out both times. Then we play the wizards and in a shootout, allow Bradley Beal 60 points, but Ben Simmons was not guarding him for some odd reason. I don't know why. And who, by the way, his defensive stats against individual players has been insane. Not letting anybody shoot for once against the Knicks, R.J. Barrett was locking him up for the most part uh, when he was guarding him. Well, the yep. whole time Barrett just played bad that game. Yeah, that was his worst game of the year. And then we get to the and then we get to last night. To be fair, we didn't have Seth Curry because apparently, and you know, apparently Seth Curry has a brother named Steph. I didn't know that. And <laughs> I don't know who that is. Seth is coming in averaging seventeen, and he's like fifty nine and a half from three and sixty percent overall. And we don't have him. Because of a sore ankle, he had COVID. No, uh, he it was because of a sore ankle is why he was kept out first. And then they found out in the first quarter he had tested positive. And imagine if he played. That's they're lucky. They're lucky his ankle was injured then. Yeah, like people were like, "Whoa, he's all around the Sixers on the bench, probably talking to him and all this and that." Well, maybe I don't know how protocol goes when you get out when you go to timeouts if you're all just sitting there or not. I haven't paid attention to that. But, I mean, for that argument for sake, I mean, you've already played with the other team for a quarter. You might as well just figure, finish it out at, at that point. But we don't play Kyrie because Kyrie just said, I just didn't want to play. Like, yeah, Kyrie had a went out for some yeah. random person. It was it was because of the capital, uh, the oh, issue there. 
I never even I didn't see that. I only saw one quote that just said I just didn't want to play. I was like, okay. He's um, out. He's out for Memphis tonight too. Yeah, I saw that he didn't fly with the team. Um, and then you know, obviously we don't have KD because he's already in protocol for a week, uh, which sucks because he's on my fantasy team uh, somehow. And and Curry, who is now out with an ankle or both I have both Curry's actually and now they're both out because Steph is day to day so it's just it's just great it's just great and I was already on I was already won my first game and I'm up on this game and now oh, it's just going great and, I'm now. and so and so um last night we it just was the same old Sixers from last year it wasn't what we saw earlier and I don't chop it up to you know just I it's just the same old nemesis the second game of back-to-backs they never ever play well and 20 turnovers does not help you at all. <laughs> like, that, that's just their MO. When they give up that many turnovers, they're lucky to win. Um, and it was like a 30-point differential in turnovers and points off of turnovers, I think, for the Nets. when they, I think that's how many points they had, which doesn't help at all. And Joe Harris, when Joe Harris is driving and cutting through your defense and scoring at the, at the, at the, at the rim, you know you have problems. And then, of course, Dwight Howard fouls out early. And then all of a sudden, these backups come in and get it down to eight but then they never got anywhere closer. And I swear every time it got to 12 points differential, it just went back down or stayed there for a solid two minutes. It was, it wasn't a good game. They played down to a team's level. They looked tired. And I think they kind of wasted some of their starters uh, tire tracks there on the, in that fourth quarter there, they just didn't have a rhythm. They weren't in chemistry. I do think in fact, they probably were missing Seth Uh, and bead and Ben were trying to do too much. There was that one time where Embiid wasn't even on guarded by Allen it might've been Jeff green, honestly. And he backed him down, but then he turned into a spin fadeaway at the baseline. I'm like, dude, you're bigger than everybody else out there. And you're on a smaller guy already. Why not just take him to the block? It was just, yeah. the, it was just stuff we've seen in the past with Brett Brown that came back. And I'm sure somehow, whether another over zoom over call, I don't know how doc probably got ripped into him for it. Cause it just wasn't the same Sixers I saw the first eight games. So I'm hoping that fix it come the Nuggets if they in fact play the Nuggets because it's a huge game because now there's no excuse if you would win because they have all their guys but now you have to come back and prove that you are this team you Embiid is an MVP candidate and that MVP player and everybody just needs to come out in full force and you know lagging around this time and I think you have those games as a team they just they just come you're not going to be perfect you're not going to win every game no. I'm not concerned about the Sixers. They're a very good team. They're they're a threat. They're a finals contender in the East. I wouldn't make too much of that Nets game, honestly. It, it, there's a lot. You see, you, there's you, you're picking at a lot of things, and again, that's all going to happen. Uh, when the Knicks lose, they're going to lose. It's going to be sad, but it's 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 inevitable. Is what I'm saying. So I think yeah, a Sixers lost like play almost every single night. A Sixers yeah, lost like that was was inevitable. <laughs> you're not everybody can be the Golden State Warriors of what 2016 is that when that was, was incredible. I was seventy something three or four year stretch. They win every night and probably yeah because like the night the night before is just the complete opposite for their offense. That I mean their defense wasn't as good. They allowed 136 points. Um, but that's all because of Bradley Beal. You cut his points in half and you're you allow 106. Um, but I mean, when your first when your starting lineup is Harris with 19, Embiid with 38, Simmons with 17, Green 15, Curry 28, and then Shake off the bench with 19. You know, you're gonna win about every game doing that. And then you, it's it's like it's not an inconsistency thing. I think they peaked for how their stretch of how good they were playing, and then it's just the fact that they went back to back, and it just it's kind of weird how an NBA back to back the second games can always be that bad for teams you know, depending on how tired they are. And it's just kind of crazy because, I mean, you see players play like baseball. It's obviously it's a different game. But you play like like four or six or five days out of seven out of a week. But then in the NBA, if you play back-to-back, this, the second day is always not as good as this first day. It's just kind of funny to me. Nets played back-to-back, I believe, too, last night. So both teams were on well, it. No, the, Nets, the Nets played today. Oh, that's played today? I'm pretty sure they, they play. Yeah, that's what I said. They play the Grizzlies today, and Kyrie didn't fight with the team to Memphis. No, this is their this is their third day in a row of playing basketball. No, they played the Jazz on Tuesday. They played the Jazz on Tuesday, had a oh, day off. Okay, okay. Last night was Thursday. Okay. I thought... Yeah, because because the Nets and the Knicks both beat the Jazz on back to back nights, and then so okay. yeah, Knicks beat them on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, the Nets play. They, they beat the Sixers, and then today's Friday, so they play the Grizzlies. So it's three games in four days. This is crazy. Sports is making me realize what days of the week it is now again. It is. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Like, yes, it is. Like, 
like the NFL really didn't help with that because it's just one day of the week. But the NBA, all of a sudden, you know which days are which again after the quarantine. It's just are, yeah. Are you coming back to school? Am I going, huh? Are you coming back to school this this semester? Yeah, I'm going. I'm moving back the 25th. Nice. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going on the 20th. What, if if sports do come back and if it, yeah, I, I got I I got an earlier day, <laughs> but when when if sports do come back and and there are games and we can we can start working games again, that'll help too. Because we're gonna have to know which days we have to. It's gonna be fun. If we can just have some baseball. If we can call baseball, that'll be that's all I want. I can just call. They already they they had a meeting yesterday saying that the sports are uh, ready to go. They think a baseball happens because I I we I we're sophomores. We didn't get any of that last year. So if we can get if I can get that this year, I'll be so happy. Look, I didn't. Was I was trying to. I didn't really see anything about that. But are they doing any winter sport type of action in the spring, or is it just spring sports? Like, I feel like you could have like exhibition basketball games. You know what I mean? No, I think they will do that. I was talking to Steve Durr about that. They'll probably they'll probably end up doing that. Even Durr. Fun fact, Clay. I I, I went to Steve's high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, we 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 were in the same town. Yeah. Mm, nice. All right, let's get back on track. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. We'll move that on. was a fun conversation. We'll move on to the NFL. Let's talk about the Super Wild Card weekend. Let's go game by game. Yeah. How about we we go game? We'll all go around and, and say. Yeah. Game. Well, then we'll have a little talk about it. So we'll start with the first game, of course, and that's when the Indianapolis Colts will take on the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo with seventy five hundred fans. Bills Mafia will get a lick of a little playoff action and how they'll get to see in person how good Josh Allen's been playing this year and. In my opinion, I'll start it off. Who will keep this up? The, I, this is the one game where I'm very – well, one of the few of the games that I'm very confident in. I think the Buffalo Bills are the second-best team in the AFC, and they'll prove that this week. They'll handle the Colts, a team who struggles offensively. Yes, their defense is definitely very competitive and good, one of the better defenses in football the Colts have. But Josh Allen has been playing on a level of football that we haven't seen this year that we haven't seen Josh Allen ever be on. And it's really fun to watch. There's three really solid receivers. One of the best in the league, Stephon Diggs. Cole Beasley's been top 10 statistic-wise. And, of course, John Brown made his way back into the lineup last week. He plays very good football. Josh Allen has thrown to double-digit double digit receivers. That's the most by any quarterback. He's thrown different touchdowns to uh, 12, or different, 12 or different people. Excuse me. And defensively, they're they're a loud team. They play loud. And I think this Buffalo team will roll through, especially when they get some fans in the stadium. I'm excited to see what the Buffalo Bills do on Saturday. Yeah, I, I agree with the Bills. And I'll go into that for a sec. But if you want me to interrupt, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do it. The NFL just came up with their AP first team all pro, if you want me to read it to you. All right, go ahead. Quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Running back, Derrick Henry. Receivers are Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, tight end Travis Kelsey. Off the tackles, Bakhtiari and Conklin. Offensive guards, Quentin Nelson and Brandon Sheriff. Center, Corey Lindsley. Defensive ends are Miles Garrett, J.J. Watt. Defensive tackles, Aaron Donald and DeForest Buckner. Linebackers, Fred Warner, Bobby Wagner, and Darius Leonard. Quarter, cornerbacks, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey. Safeties, they had three. Minka Fitzpatrick, Tyron Matthew, and Buda Baker. Kicker, Jason Sanders. Punter Bailey, I forgot who the first name is for him. Kick returner Cordero Patterson and punt returner Gunnar Oshevsky. I agree with all of that. Mm-hmm. All right, shout out, shout out, uh, Dave Bakhtiari. You know, dude towards yeah. ACL. It's a damn shame. Yeah, but, but back to the playoffs. Buffalo Bills. I totally agree. I don't like Philip Rivers in a playoff game for this Colts team. I, I think Jonathan Taylor is definitely good. But Buffalo has just been dominating teams left and right, especially at the end of the season. They're on such a hot streak. I don't see them missing a beat against Indianapolis. Agreed. What do you think, Clay? So you guys kind of said it all. But I do think this game will be closer than what I think a lot of people are imagining. I think it's going to come down to both offenses and how well they take care of the football. And I'm going to bank on Phillip Rivers throwing multiple interceptions. And that'll be the reason why they lose. Because I I think the Colts defense is legit and it's like that good. But I still think it won't be enough to stop uh, that Bills offense. But I also don't think the Bills defense is good enough to hold off the Colts o- Colts offense for the whole game until like that last maybe one or two key drives where Rivers just makes a classic Rivers interception. You know what I mean? So when you uh, when you when you rely on a defense to take you to the Super Bowl, 
you have to look at some of the defenses that have already done that, like the Eagles a couple years back, the Broncos a couple years back, the Giants a decade ago, and what how good their defenses were. And I don't think this Colts defense, at least the offense, will hold down the fort for them. Uh, I can't – just talking on an Eagles standpoint, I don't think our defense wrote us to, to that Super Bowl, especially in the Super yeah, Bowl. It certainly helped how good the especially, defense was. Especially in – we had an okay defense. Our J- Jim Schwartz, honestly, if we lost the Super Bowl, he would have been fired the next day mm-hmm. or the next, that week, I, I, in my opinion. Um, but I just had to throw my two cents, two cents in on that. <laughs> Jeremy, any other final thoughts on that? Nope. I'm ready to move on. All right, so next game up is the Seattle Seahawks versus the Los Angeles Rams, and this is actually a good – Jared Goff is listed as officially questionable. I believe Cooper Cup will be coming back after a close COVID protocol after missing Week 17, but he should be back and active. But this is the division matchup. Seattle is favored as they will play in Seattle. No fans, however, still, I don't believe. Who do you guys have winning this game? I'll start with Clay. This one would be closer if golf plays, but if he doesn't, Seattle's gonna, you know, they're they're gonna take over. They're not gonna let the Rams do anything on offense. Um, and I think Russell Wilson's gonna go enter a new mode where him and DK and Lockett are just gonna click all together and just go off. Along with Chris Carson, will probably dominate that running game. I think they're gonna be able to handle Aaron Donald. They're gonna make it. They're gonna make it a priority. Because when it comes to playoff time, you got to focus in on the teams you're playing, their best players, and they're gonna. We're gonna see a lot of doubles on Donald as usual. Um, I think he'll probably sneak in a sack or two, but I think we're gonna see a next level Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf go off after the slump they were in in that last December, and especially without Jared Goff, I think that defense is gonna come in, come in hungry, and I think uh, Jamal Adams is gonna have two sacks that game because he's gonna be able to blitz, and they're not gonna be able to pick it up. So I'm gonna go with Seattle. Probably by like four or, or a touchdown. What do you think, Jeremy? I'm going to agree with Clay again here. Seattle, they're my Super Bowl pick. Uh, the only concern I did have for them going into the game was in the his previous two games, Russell Wilson didn't throw for 100 yards in the first half, and they were constantly going three and out, and then he figured it out in the second half with two touchdowns each. I think, again, John Wolford, I, even if golf plays, I think it does hurt the team because – He's not going to be 100%, and he, he, he wasn't having a good season as is for golf standard. And I think just Seattle, they're just too well-rounded. The defense has really improved since the middle of the season where they were considered to be a bottom feeder. And, again, I, the, the experience of the Seattle team is great. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are great receivers. Chris Carson's a good running back. They have Rashad Penny back as well. I, I just think Seattle's the team that trumps the Rams here, and I don't see it going any other way. I think when you're playing against a team like the Rams off on the offensive end, you need to focus specifically on two aspects. You need to focus on Aaron Donald and you need to focus on Jalen Ramsey, because if you're able to attack those and actually maintain those two guys, you can win the football game. The fact is, can you do that? And DK Metcalf is going to have, I'm expecting him to have an extremely hard time as he has both times they played him this season. DK Metcalf has struggled against the Rams specifically because of the Jalen Ramsey shadow. Also, Wilson has had trouble against this team, specifically having to move out of the pocket in second half of games because of Aaron Donald. This offensive line that he stands behind is not very good, but I still expect the Seahawks to win this game because I know who Russell Wilson is, and I still believe he's a top-five quarterback in the National Football League. Even though he hasn't played up to that that statistically, he still is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And he's been playing very well in the second half, and what I think the Seattle Seahawks team needs is – a Tyler Lockett receiver that's not just going to be unheard of throughout the entire game. Lockett had played a sensational game last week, 12 catches, 90 yards, and two touchdowns. They're going to need him to be active because when the eyes are off of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett's the guy to step up because Tyler Lockett is still a well-respected receiver in this league, and it seems like the second half of this year, we really haven't heard his name up until last week. He needs to be ready for him. Also, the Seattle Seahawks love to run a power love the power back they, they've always loved it ever since Marshawn Lynch with Russell Wilson they have it again they have a healthy Chris Carson they need to be able to use that on short situations like second and third down need to be able to use Carson and also have that option for Wilson to run because Wilson can run although he doesn't do it as first intention he can definitely run the football he's still got that in him and it's Russell Wilson he's an elite quarterback and he will prove that 
this Saturday, in my opinion, when they take down the Rams. But we all go against it, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams end up pulling this out because I will. Very good football team, an underrated football team. So that's also fair to say. Mm -hmm. If they were able to pull this off, I wouldn't be shocked, but I do think Seattle will win along with all you guys. Moving on, an interesting game, the Washington football team hosting Tom Brady and the Buccaneers and quote-unquote Chase Young wants Tom Brady. I want Tom Brady. A strong, bold statement from a very young football player. Clay, I see you like that. What are your thoughts on that statement by Chase Young? I like it. I like it a lot. You know, this dude – it pains me because it's it's the it's the football team it's Washington but I really like Chase Young I like his attitude the dude's a rookie and is named the captain uh there there's all this word about him being you know their most uh their their biggest leader their most influential leader he's always focused he's all football all business all the time and like he said himself like why wouldn't I want to play the goat (laughs) like I want to tell my kids I played Tom Brady in the playoffs but I think he's going to use the extra motivation of I beat Tom Brady in the playoffs that defense is looking good. I think Darby's gonna get, you know, you know, his second win, like another come like a like a payback for that last time the Eagles played the Patriots mm-hmm. uh, when he was with us. He's gonna get another, he's gonna get payback along with, with Fuller on the outside. I think Kerrigan's probably gonna get a get a big play in that game. You know, he's been a little quiet this year, like it, only because of um Chase. It's been impactful Young. more or less than loud. Yeah, Chase Young and Montez Sweat, I think are each gonna have, I think there's gonna be like four sacks on Brady, honestly. I think they're going to mix it all up, and I think they're going to throw some stuff at, at the that Bucks offensive line. And, you know, it's going to be Werfs versus versus Young and Montez Sweat and, and Kerrigan. Those are going to be – all eyes are going to be on him. And I think, you know, I like Werfs. He's playing really good. And I like to side on the offensive line a lot – on offensive linemen's cases a lot more. But I think there's going to be a time where he makes a couple of mistakes and Chase Young is going to make him pay for it. And – I think Alex Smith is going to do enough to be a game manager. You know, he's, they're holding him out, not out. They've been holding him kind of in and out of precaution of practices just for that, like I said, precaution. Apparently he said he's never felt, I guess, stronger about his legs, either, even though right now, you know, with running around and stuff like that. I think, I think the, the Bucks are going to come in, you know, thinking they have an easy win. I think they're going to underestimate him. And I think they're going to get a shock. And I think the Redskins are going to pull one out on a key on the, the game will end in a Redskins defensive stop inside the 50 yard line. So they're going to be in the, I think they're going to be in Redskins territory. And I think there's going to be another big strip sack on Brady to stop the season from them. And I think honestly, overall for the Bucs, I think they're getting too much hype. I think too many people are calling them the like Super Bowl favorites. Like they didn't even win their division. They couldn't beat the saints. And I think that they're going to come into this game, just too focused on trying to go play the saints that they're going to lose this they're going to wind up losing this game i think they're going to be i think they're going to underestimate the, the redskins and i think terry mclaurin and jd mckissick and gibson could could have good days and logan thomas don't count on logan thomas this dude's playing out of his mind for a former quarterback well here this is the first screen we're going to have and again this is not biased i do understand the washington football team their defense is very good however tom brady is red hot regular season he might be without mike evans i get it but look at what Antonio Brown did last game. I mean, that was that was impressive. I know it's Falcons' weak secondary, but Antonio Brown, if he can be effective for that team, there's no doubt in my mind he could be effective in the playoffs. Especially, look, I understand you want to hype up Washington. They may have a lot of likable players, even though I don't like any of them because you know. Giants. No, it's the same thing for me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the only one I can like somewhat like because of yeah. how dominating good. But I, 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 I just don't think. I look. The Eagles didn't play their full strength defense last week. That's not Alex why Smith. I'm rooting for Washington. No, 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 no. no. Listen to what I have to say. I think it's going to happen. Listen to what I have to say. Alex Smith could not move in the pocket last week. Mm-hmm. No, he he's not right. move. Antonio Gibson was not as effective. He's playing with an injured – he's still playing with that turf toe, which is a very painful injury, and he's not 100%. McLaurin said his ankle's not 100%. If that offense can't do anything, Tom Brady's going to make going to make this defense pay. Eventually, he's going he's gonna to score. I just don't – I understand the Washington hype, and I I think – I truly think the Giants and Washington are the futures of the NFC East, but that's not the point right now. They are not ready yet. The Buccaneers are going to steamroll in this game, and they're going to win by a few possessions, in my opinion. I agree. I think the Bucs are going to 
dominate this game. Alex Smith, as Jeremy said, I was literally going to bring that point up. This guy can't move. And when this pressure is going to come from a good defense, a solid NFL defense, he's not going to be able to take it. Remember, at the end of the day, this was a seven-win team. As much as you can rip on the Giants for being upset for six yeah, wins. they're not ready yet either. Seven wins. Seven wins, and their seventh win was on a team blowing the game in the fourth quarter. This is not that great of a football team. I love Gibson, and I love McLaurin, and I love McKissick. I think this I don't is love great. Them. I mean, okay, no, no, no. I don't love them because I'm a Giants fan, but these guys are good players and I respect them, but they're young and they're not ready for this game against the GOAT, this guy who's takes wild card and division games like it's like it's an everyday thing. It's Tom Brady. This guy's been this guy's 40 something years old doing it still. And he he steamrolls through games like this. Tom Brady will do it. This offense, I expect to be putting on having a field day. Tom Brady will be winning this game by the third quarter. I believe his last wild card game ended in a pick six. It did, but that was against I, the Tennessee Titans. Then were, are much better than the Washington football First team. First of all, they're now. much I better. Agree. And also, and Tom Brady's and football team the- last year. Tom Brady's football team last year was a whole lot different than what he's dealing with this year. Last year, his top receiver was Harry. Now he's dealing with three or four receivers who are better than Harry. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just bringing up a fact. You said he's used to steamrolling, but I honestly, I think he's going to steamroll in this one. But well, I don't. So, I don't admit I was wrong. I was wrong. I, I I thought the Bucks wouldn't even make the playoffs this year, but I was wrong. I would. I I, 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 I thought they would make the wild card. That's what I, I would. Think, say. I think this team can sneak through this. Can very sneakily through go through this NFC and be a wild card and be a, and win and get into the Super Bowl. Very low key though. I think that people thought that early on, but as the season went on, they saw this team struggle. They saw this team not be able to succeed. But I wouldn't. It wouldn't. Shock me if this team made a Super Bowl run because of who they're led by. And at the end of the day, they have the most weapons on offense and their defense is solid. This is this team should not be overlooked to not go to the Super Bowl because they can. I think they definitely can. All right, let's move quickly through these last three. We've yeah. taken a while. Ravens Titans. This is the best game of the week, without a doubt, in my yeah. next to the Browns and the Steelers, which we'll get to soon. Who do you get? We'll go Jeremy first. What do you think? Okay, this is. I'm, I think everybody's going to go against me here, and I understand. Uh, Derrick Henry is one of my favorite running backs in this league. He, I was in my, he was on my fantasy team this year. We came, we came short in the finals in, a, in one of my leagues, me and Henry. But uh, I'm going to have to go with Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens. I, look, I, I understand why Tennessee beat them last year. Oh my, I think the Ravens are the most mature they've been in two years. Lamar Jackson is finally figuring out his identity. I know you want to hate on him because he doesn't throw the ball as much and he loves to run, but that's just what he does. That's the way the offense works, and it's very effective. J.K. Dobbins has been elite, and Gus Edwards has been very good as well. I, I think the Titans' defense is just going to – they're going to tire out that Titans' defense, and while Henry is going to be Eric Henry, they also have one of the best run stoppers in Brandon Williams up front, a nose tackle. So I, I just think the Ravens are going to be looking for some revenge here. And I know the easy pick is to go Tennessee because everybody loves the Titans. There's no reason not to like the Titans. I just think Baltimore is going to come out because they're going to play with some vengeance. I, I, it's so tough because I really love what Baltimore has been doing over the past month. They've really, Lamar Jackson has really flipped a switch and matured into a really good quarterback, a quarterback that can take over any course of the game at any point. And we saw him do it multiple times. So I never coming into this show. I never really picked who I was going to win, but if I had to pick, I'm probably going to go with the Titans. And I think that's the safer pick, but I really wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens won this game. It's one of those games. Me and Jeremy discuss, go, go through that a lot. It's like one of those games that I'm not shocked if the Ravens come out and really handle the Titans. The thing is, I don't know if you can handle the Titans. Can you handle Derrick Henry? This guy, when he gets into the second level, he's one of his, he's the best running back in football. I mean, even if he's not the best running back, period, when he gets into that second level, it's almost impossible to stop him. And he gets there so many times over and over. And every time these teams play, the Ravens are unable to stop Derrick Henry. And then it opens up the pass game, opens up big play opportunity for guys like Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. That's where it does. Is that this Titans team run up point you and all the <laughs> use glitch? So yeah, you gl- you glitched there for a solid like four seconds. <laughs> oh my bad. Clay, Clay before we get Clay before going. we get Clay before we get into your uh your point, I shift some Sixers news from Shams. The Sixers player the Sixers player's positive PCR test was learned just after 8 p.m. on Thursday. He was removed from the arena within two minutes of the result after a negative rapid test earlier. Teams test teams test twice on game day, and the Sixers are going through standard protocol today. Yep. 
So I was gonna say that, but <laughs> oh, I stole it from you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, either way, we got it out. We got it to. The, we got it out on this podcast. We got it to the people. Um, so yeah, that's a that's like at least a better version of how I thought it went. I thought it was just one negative, and it's like, oh, here we go. But it's a positive, or it's a negative than a positive. But you know, going back to the Titans and Ravens, I wouldn't like like like. Like Ethan said, I would not be surprised if the Ravens come out with a win because it would be finally Lamar gets over that hump of winning a playoff game. But King 2K, like why why can't that be? I King love 2K. Henry. Derrick Henry, um, 2000. This guy had a this, – this was the most underrated thing to happen this year was that he ran for 2,000 yards. Should be MVP. He oh. should. He should. Mm. Nah, not with Aaron Rodgers. Not with Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is Rogers is balling out too much. And I think I, even Pat Mahomes is playing too well too much. But that's besides the point. I think – and the fact that they're, the Titans are doing – and him and the Titans are doing this without Taylor Luan, their left tackle, is still insane. And I think that their defense is playing, playing decent decent enough. And we already saw how, they, how that first game fared out. You know, they couldn't stop Henry that day. And he had that long – and he had that touchdown run to end it. So, really – I'm, I'm just going to say that I think Lamar is going to turn the ball over one too many times. And I think Tannehill is going to game manage it just the way he always does. And the, the new revamped or revive or how do you want to call it? Revamped career that he's established there in Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, AJ Brown and Corey Davis are going to do their thing. And I think we might even see another John who touched down somewhere out of, out of nowhere, John probably run the ball again for some reason couldn't have done that all throughout the rest of the season. You know, just keep running him, running the ball, and maybe he'll get touchdowns. I would have liked that for fantasy. But besides the point, I think that I think that um, the Titans are just going to be too much for him, and I think they're going to come in um, a little ramped up and excited because they already beat him once. They know they can beat him, and I think they're going to ride Derrick Henry to the AFC Championship most likely. All right. I think, yeah. So, all right. Well, that's most of our points. I think we we got it all out. So, last two games – this is Bears, Mitch Trubisky in the playoffs again. Didn't yeah. fare well last time. All right, I think we can all agree the Saints are just going to steamroll. Yeah. I think the Saints win this game. Michael Thomas is, should be back. Yeah, I think this game will be like close, closer than we think. But the Saints, are no, there's no. And then in that, third, yeah, and then that third quarter, Mitchell Trubisky is going to make a crucial mistake, and it's just going to snowball from there. I think that I think this. No, I think that mistake could come in the first half, especially against a team like the Saints, who are just so so young and so electric on the defensive end. That this is they they know how to handle a team like this, and they will, in my opinion, they should really be able to hold down the fort by themselves and move on to the next round. I don't think the Bears will win a playoff game. I don't think I think the Bears kind of just like snuck in and not really many people expected it. All of a sudden you're looking week 16 and 17. You're like, wow, the Bears are going to make the playoffs. Like, I think it was that like that for a lot of people. So I do believe the Saints will win by ease. Anyone else thoughts? Yeah, no, I think it'll be closer than we think. It's just, look, Saints are, the Bears are not, they're eight and eight. <laughs> they're not really necessarily what we want. They're not necessarily the playoff team we think they are. So, mm-hmm. anyway, they have, they have we'll too yeah. All right, we'll get on to the last game. This is a good game, Steelers Browns, and this is the game that I think everybody wants to watch because no one likes the Steelers, and the Browns are in the playoffs since the first time since 2002. Look, I, I'm, I'm sorry for just interrupting and going first okay, here. But I, I, I need to, I need to say this. There's, I want, I like the Browns. There's no way they win this game. They're, they're Stefanski's not coaching. They have a bunch of, they have a lot of COVID problems. They, they've had it for weeks. They're missing players still. And the Steelers, they've won their last two games and they're somewhat, somewhat hot. I just, with the, if you don't have your head coach and you don't have your best offensive lineman, come on. Steelers are going to take advantage. They're going to win this game. I think they lose next round, but they're going to win this game. You know what, Clay, go because I'm going to, I'm going to say something for a second. So, Clay, go first. I'm so, on the same boat, can't stand Pittsburgh. Like the Browns hype is cool because I I, I I did not like how everybody always kept doubting on Baker, and I think he's finally putting a lot of people to rest. All the I like haters. Baker. I yep. like. I've always liked Baker. I liked him out of the draft a lot more than certain quarterbacks. I wanted the Giants to take him over Saquon if he was there, but he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't there. Um. So, Jeremy's right. 
not having their head coach and their best and their one of their offensive line starters is a big no-no. Is big. It'll hurt a lot. But the Steelers' offense has not been the same. They played well against the Colts to come back and win, but then they rested Big Ben last week and they lost. I think the Browns can come out and shock some people. I think Baker's going to put that chip on his shoulder and go out and ball out and win this game. You know, and I think they're going to prove it that they, we can do all of this without Odell. We can do all of this without a head coach. We can do all of this without an offensive lineman. That'd be in, that'd be incredible. I'd be, I respect that a ton. But I can also see the other side of it where the Steelers don't steamroll them, but they handle them, and it's just not – it's not it's an easy win, but it's not like a blowout. If, if, if they run the football, there's no way yeah. – that the Browns defense can do anything. No, but that's the other thing. They've they haven't run the ball well at all. No, you're right. It's, just, it's an anomaly. I don't understand it. So, in my opinion, I'm going to result to a quarter, and the heads is going to be for the Browns, and the tails is. Going oh, to be okay. This game could go either way. So I'm basing this game off of a quarter. Caught it. Flip. Browns are going to win this game. <laughs> okay, Ethan. What do you got to say? <laughs> I'm going to go on a small little rant right here and I'm going to call out Colin Coward because I do not like what he's been doing. He has been, and Colin, you can come on the show and he hates Baker. Me. I know he hates Baker. He can, or he can, or he can cut, or he can have me on his Colin, Co- uh, the herd show. And I, yeah. and I'll, and I'll <laughs> your move, Colin Coward, but you have been putting it on Baker Mayfield ever since this guy's got into the league. He just had a take earlier this week on the herd saying that it doesn't matter that his head coach who calls his plays, won't be there. There's no excuses, according to Colin Coward, for Baker Mayfield this week. No excuses. I think there's all but excuses for Baker Mayfield. And you know what the hurt? You know what he said on the hurt? He said, "Well, well, uh, Patrick Mahomes hasn't played with his left tackle for the past eight weeks. He's been fine. Well, this person hasn't played with this. It's totally different. It's a playoff game. It's the first time Baker Mayfield will ever be in Baker the Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> it's a difference. And I think what Baker did this year was take the next step of being good to being a better quarterback in this league. And I'm, that didn't really make sense to the step part. But he went from being an average quarterback to being good. I'll say that. That makes more sense. He's a good quarterback in this league. He's proved that not only just every single Sunday, he's done it on the national stage when it matters the most. And that's what makes me very upset about Colin Coward. This guy doesn't give this guy a break. And I'm here giving Baker Mayfield a break. He's not playing with this. The guy who calls his plays for him and Colin Coward is like, oh, a good quarterback would overcome that. And, you know, I think Baker Mayfield does that. And I hope that he does that because I do not like the Steelers one. I think they're annoying. They're one and four. Annoying. Five games. The last five <laughs> weeks of the season, they went one and four. I've always said that they're a one and done team, and I think that that will stand. I think the Browns take down the Steelers. A lot of people want to see it, and this team is so low key good defensively. They have stars up and down, and offensively, this is a stacked group with a stacked backfield. They need to take over this game. They need to be able to hold the football, really grind out the Steelers. Because when you make Ben Big Ben start throwing the ball down the field, we saw what happens. This guy is not a good passer anymore. He when it's not forced throwing the ball, really quick passes of. 10 to seven, seven to 10 yards. And he forced to throw the ball more down the field. It's going to be trouble for the Steelers. And I think the Browns will win this game. And yeah, I called out Colin Coward. I think that's a very good conclusion to the episode. Honestly, that rant. All right. Whoa, well, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got that. We, you wanted some quick Super Bowl picks, didn't we? Oh yes. Oh yeah. I do want to announce sad news. I want to end the episode on sad, on a sad note. So before we do the Super Bowl picks, Tommy was sort of passed away, former Dodgers manager. So condolences to his family rest in peace to him just wanted to put that out there yeah all right let's go around one last time before we end this end this episode up we got some we, hey hey we got baseball we got some baseball beef you and i gotta settle here bud oh francisco lindor yeah let's let's we you can't forget about that either you can't forget about that all right Frankie we'll, lindor. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on it because we're a little over time but the mets obviously made a trade we'll just go around our thoughts on the trade why don't you go first clay well i'm pissed I'm very, very pissed. <laughs> Not only you got Lindor, who is the best shortstop in the league, bar none. He's, got- He's regressed so much I'm over the past two seasons. I don't care. He's the best shortstop in the league, and you got him for dirt cheap. You give up four players, but I don't know who any of them. I'd rather have Glaber Torres right now. No, I would rather have French. I, okay. And you literally also got Carlos Carrasco. Like, how does that happen? How does that happen? Like, Cleveland, they got so fleeced. They just did an ERA, Jeremy. What? The playoffs, he looked bad. 
It's one game. Are you, are you out of your mind? Are you out For of your team mind? That had to rely on David. Or... Don't make excuses because the, the, the I want the Mets to be good. He's haven't made one move and haven't even I, touched we re- I want them to resign DJ. Okay, I'm anxious. I'm anxious. Wait. The New I'm York anxious. are going to sit back and wait. I'm anxious. Oh, the big brothers are sitting back and waiting while their little brothers are going out and making franchise-changing trades and signing. Got to extend Lindor first. Extend Lindor first. And they, will, they, will, they will. They will. They will. They know exactly what they're doing. You just said he was regressing, and you want you say they got to extend. They have to. The trade makes no sense if they don't extend Lindor. Uh, they're gonna make him as low. I'm calling. I'm calling. I'm calling a little, a little domino effect here. They're gonna have to save money so, to be able to extend Lindor, so they're not gonna get Springer, and they're yeah. gonna go for somebody else. And they're not gonna get Bauer anymore. You know what's gonna happen? Bauer was out we're of this. We're gonna resign. We're gonna resign Didi. We're, we're, we're gonna resign JT, and we're gonna go get Springer. Clay was upset with me because in my my past I, I I like to before the season starts I like to make division predictions on Twitter I picked the Phillies to win the division both years the last two years and they have not come close so the Phillies are yeah pick them to be third or fourth this time okay okay <laughs> that's what we will be if we don't do any if we don't make any changes we're gonna be third and fourth or fourth. I would the say Marlins bad. might be better. I would, are say, bad. Fifth. I would <laughs> say fifth. Where are the Phillies? The Phillies are not in a good spot right now. The Nationals are awful. The Phillies, I, the Marlins, I said. Ruben. The Mar- No, the Marlins, okay. I think we finished third or fourth, depending on if the Marlins are are going to play as well as they did last year or if those 60 games were just a hot stretch and then and if you had a regular whole season, they just wouldn't. Yeah, they, do they, they, do they, they still have Starling Marte? Yeah, they traded for him, I think. Yeah, they did. Okay. He was under a mul- I think he was under a multi-year contract. Right. But that's also what I hate about the MLB offseason. Like, right now, everything looks awful for the Phillies. And really good for the Mets, but nothing is finished yet for this offseason. Like, there's so many players that haven't been signed or traded for or moved around yet. Yeah, yeah, Mayhew, please come there. back. Plenty of time and plenty of Mayhew, can we, can we steal you from the York? I swear, bud? I swear, if he does, if he goes anywhere else, <laughs> things are gonna like, be broken. I just <laughs> somebody pays him. sitting back and watching. I understand. Okay, I know we're, we've gone over, but I don't understand how you have not given him whatever he wants. <laughs> Why he's so good and all he does is hit. I know, but I'm under the exact same situation as you as to why we haven't given JT what he wants. He's literally whatever he wants. You guys have to understand, both players are in the same situation. They're both like 30 something years old, especially for a catcher that's old for JT Real Muto. He JT Real Muto may have played his best baseball already. There's a slight Mm -hmm. chance that may be true. Also, DJ LeMahieu has played his best baseball. And I think that he's still one of the best hitters in the league, but the Yankees are but even you this need guy. Him back. It's Jeremy, just... Jeremy, you're saying you want to give this guy exactly what he wants. He wants like yes! five he... years, five years, a hundred million dollars. Become All a staple of the franchise. He's the... paying this guy on a probably in a regression contract, more of the money toward the end of the con- actually, no, he'll probably want it early on, but 20. So you're paying this guy for his final three years of his contract. He's going to be 35 through 38. And you want to, you want this guy to be paid sure. $20 million. Sure. You got to get him back. You are going to be so pissed that you that got to get him back. That has happened, especially when the Yankees don't prioritize getting him back. Who else are you going to sign? Who else in this free agency are you going to sign? Jeremy, that's I worth think that money. Back, but you're saying you should give him exactly whatever he wants and whatever he wants. Yes, yeah, because he deserve, he's proven that that's he's worth it because you need him these next two seasons. The Yankees have a World Series window right now. Fine. Ellsbury was never this good. Ellsbury's never as good as Lemayhew's hitting wise on the Yankees. What? We've never. Ellsbury's hitting numbers on the Yankees were never as nearly as good as LeMahieu's. I know, and this contract will set up an Ellsbury 2.0. I, I disagree. And, and, and they weren't good when they signed Ellsbury. They're good when they're signing if they sign LeMahieu. And you and you have to take advantage of the World Series window you have. It's like the Miguel Cabrera contract. I think I think without a doubt and the Albert Pujols contract in their lineup because if you took LeMahieu out of last year's lineup and the lineup before that, they wouldn't have made it nearly as far as they did. No. What? Giving them whatever he wants is not an option for the New York Yankees. They have a lot of money that they're going to need to pay, and giving it to a guy like LeMahieu at 32 years old is not the move. Unless they come out nowhere and sign Bauer, there's no excuse, in my opinion. That's that's I'm done. You have, then you, all of a sudden, you're running out of money for Judge. You still have to pay that garbage 
contract for John Carlos Stanton. You're going to have to pay Torres. You have a decision to make with Void. I think they need to trade Void right now because his trade value is the highest it gets. One year at a time. And, I can't do this much at once. This is too all right, you know, we're getting on a ginormous rant. Thanks, Clay, for doing this. No, I'm kidding. I was going to um, say, that turned okay. into a bigger argument that I thought was going to be. That's, that's, that's under review. <laughs> and I that's, that's under review like me and Jeremy do it. Just screaming at each other the whole time. <laughs> but, in fact, uh, Remuto will turn 30 in March. But he is not your typical catcher. He's a freak of not, okay. Maybe not a freak of an athlete, but he's a heck of an athlete. Like the dude has done all, like done many sports in his life. Um, I know he like wrestled in high school. He did all this stuff um, in college too. He was a really, he's just an all around good athlete. Like he, he runs the bases better than your typical catcher too. And I don't, and he's only had last year was the first time he had, you know, a little bit of injury troubles, but it wasn't anything major. And he came back to play to battle through it in the end. Um, but really for this Phillies team, it all comes down to getting your bullpen fixed. And that first trade really helps out a lot from th- for, I can't, I always struggle trying to pronounce his name, but we got him from the Rays. Alivardo is, I think is how you pronounce it. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um but nevertheless, like that dude. Oh, Jose Alvarado. Yeah. I know yeah. Alvarado. Yeah. yeah oh, he's got well, Jose yeah. Alvarado. He's got some pretty nasty stuff and I think he'll help out the bullpen, but we need some what? more people. Yeah. Right. What? And what else? Yeah. Which is huge. Cause I don't think we had like, I think we had oh, like, God, I would just look forward to over the summer every day, whenever the Phillies would, would blow a lead with the bullpen, just him, just Clay just lose his mind about how the, the bullpen is incompetent and they can't do anything. Dude. We were leading in 48 games. Oh, the 60. I know. 60 at some point. And they were below 500. Like, I Like, I, I can't even, like, express. Like, if JT even watched that, I don't even blame him. I, I, I remember I, when the Yankees almost came back against the Phillies down eight in the ninth inning or the seventh inning, whichever one it was. And, yes. and they scored six. Oh, my God. And Mike Ford, Mike Ford just missed the pull in a game tying homer. That was insane. Yeah, we need a bullpen. <laughs> we need a bullpen. All right. I'm good. Should we, yeah. Should we, should we wrap up? Yeah, we should probably wrap up. But thank you all for our listening. Thank you for listening. It's a massive episode. Um, enjoy the rest of your week. Episode 19 will be out next week. We'll be on more of a consistent basis. That's our last episode before we return, I'm assuming. We, yeah, we have, we have like, we'll, we'll have like one or two more on YouTube, and then we're probably going to return to college and we'll keep the story updated because we don't know exactly what's going to happen. We'll probably Follow be on social days, media. But- we will see. Anyway, stay tuned for our Twitter. Keep out for announcements, this and that. And thank you for all of our listeners, our consistent ones. We really appreciate you a lot. And have and thank you, Clay Thomas, for coming on. Hey, thank you guys for having me. And a lot of fun. You know, follow, follow me, guys, on Broad and Patterson 101. Uh, you know, we're going to – this is only my second episode. I'm trying to keep it up. Uh, work in school got heavy a lot recently. And now I'm getting back into the groove of things, going to get this podcast going a lot more. A lot more Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, Sixers, and Flyers going heavy right now. You know, Flyers about to start. Uh, Broad and Patterson on. Go Twitter. Devil. We're going to stop. What did you <laughs> You're not even going to. Nah, all right. I can't even have an argument with you on the Devils because there's that. that trend. They're not, I know they're not good. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I appreciate you guys for having me. And um, this is a good, this is a good, uh, you know, mosh, mosh podcast here we got. Today. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week and goodbye. Peace. Thank you.